Welcome to Scary Mysteries, brought to you by Nudon Films. Every Monday, we'll tell you about topics that range from serial killers and UFOs to unexplained mysteries, ghosts, and everything in between. If it's scary and it's mysterious, then we've got you covered. And check us out on YouTube as well if you want to watch each episode. Thanks for tuning in. Top 5 Most Vicious and Vile Female Killers While they don't receive as much limelight as their male counterparts, brutal female killers do exist. In fact, some of them are so disturbed, their cold-blooded acts of violence will shake you to your core. The women in this list committed truly horrific crimes. Here are the Top 5 Most Vicious and Vile Female Killers. Number 5 Audie Sanchez. On July 26, 2009 at 5 a.m., police were called to a white-paneled house on the north side of San Antonio, Texas. Inside was 33-year-old Audie Sanchez screaming and wailing, the devil made me do it. The entire bedroom was smeared in blood, and it was there that police found the remains of three-and-a-half-week-old Scotty Wesley Buckholtz. The newborn had been stabbed several times and his head cut off. His fingers and toes were severed and part of his brain eaten. All of this was done by his own mother, Audie Sanchez. Six days prior to the incident, Sanchez went in to meet with a counselor whom she confided in about the voices she had been hearing and hallucinations she had been seeing. The counselor diagnosed her with postpartum psychosis and had her rushed to a nearby hospital, but unfortunately the doctors there didn't think her situation was severe enough to warrant any inpatient care or medication, and so they simply sent her home. On the night before the incident, Sanchez had stormed out of her boyfriend's house to stay with her mother. It was there in the early morning hours that she attacked and killed her newborn. For most women, motherhood is one of the most celebrated points in their lives, but there's also the reality of postpartum depression, which affects one in every five new mothers. The less popular but far more destructive illness of postpartum psychosis affects one in every 1,000 new mothers. In the case of Audie Sanchez, her unchecked psychosis led to an extremely violent and tragic end to her son Scotty. Number four, Rosemary West. In Gloucester, England, between April 1973 and August 1979, Rosemary West, together with her husband Fred, abducted, terrorized, and killed more than 10 women. Rosemary grew up in a dysfunctional environment. Her father was a schizophrenic who raped her on a constant basis. She was also bullied at school and was a sexual deviant at an early age. In her teens, she met and began dating Fred West. Fred already had a criminal history at the time. He had been jailed several times for petty theft and convicted of molesting a 13-year-old. The two started living together with Fred's two daughters from a previous marriage. She was a violent stepmother, and soon she gave birth to her own daughter, Heather. In the summer of 1971, while in a rage, Rosemary killed her stepdaughter, Charmaine. Her body was stored in the cellar, and when Fred, who at the time was in jail, was released... 
he cut off the fingers and toes and then buried Charmaine's body. Soon after, Rena, Fred's ex-wife, came looking for her daughter, and she too disappeared, later found with her fingers and feet missing, buried in a shallow grave. By October 1972, the two met Caroline Owens, who they hired as their nanny. As she worked in the household, the pair kept making sexual advances towards her, but she kept declining until one night she was abducted by the two, bound and gagged, raped, and left in the cellar. She managed to escape and told the police, but suffering from the trauma she went through, she couldn't face them in court. In the end, the West only paid a 50-pound fine. As years passed, the two had increased their murderous activities. They targeted women between their teens and early 20s. Promising them a job, the two would lure the women in the house and proceed to rape and torture them, performing elaborate bondage acts that sometimes lasted for days before finally killing their victims. They were finally arrested in 1992 after Fred videotaped himself raping his own daughter. She told her friends, who in turn reported the couple to the police. A year prior to this, their first daughter, Heather, also told friends about the abuse. Both Fred and Rose ended up strangling her and killing her while burying her body in their garden. In the end, Fred was charged with 12 counts of murder, but he killed himself in jail. Rose was tried by a jury and sentenced to 10 counts of murder. She is currently in jail, serving life. Number 3. Janine Jones Known as the Angel of Death, Janine Jones was a pediatric nurse who is believed to have killed somewhere between 1 and 46 babies and children under her care. Born in 1950, Janine was adopted by a local nightclub owner and his wife. She later worked as a beautician before proceeding to nursing school in the 70s. She worked at several hospitals in San Antonio, including what was once known as Bexar County Hospital and during her stint there, an abnormal amount of children died which was simply labeled by the hospital as unexplained events. Without evidence of misconduct, the hospital's only move was to bar her from working in the unit. Jones quit soon afterwards, and the unexplained events stopped happening. She moved to Kerrville, Texas, and was employed at a clinic where the same events began to happen again. Under her care, eight children suffered medical emergencies. It was also here when 15-month-old Chelsea McLellan was brought in to get her routine injections for measles and mumps. Jones injected her the first time, and within seconds, she started suffering from a seizure and began gasping for air. She was then given another injection by Jones, and the baby, according to her mother, went limp and stopped breathing. An ambulance was called and baby Chelsea was rushed to the hospital. Jones used drugs like heparin and digoxin. They cause short-term paralysis and quickly dissipate within the body, so there's hardly any traces to find. Jones's primary motivation for her act was to induce a medical crisis, where she would then step in, revive the victim, and receive praise. However, if she pushed too far, it would result in the death, but that didn't stop her. She was able to get away with it for so long because not only could her murders not be proven, but they were often overlooked because no one ever thinks that someone in the medical field, a field where people save lives, would have someone working among them actually trying to kill people. 
By 1985, Jones was finally convicted when a Swedish scientist discovered a way to detect trace amounts of the drugs she used. Chelsea's body was exhumed, which led to Jones's conviction, and she was sentenced to 99 years in prison. However, a legal loophole enforced during her conviction could likely see her set free as soon as 2018. Number 2. Nanny Doss The giggling nanny, Nanny Doss may not look like a serial killer, but she's one of the most notorious female killers to ever live, leaving approximately 11 people dead, including her own grandson. Nanny and her sisters grew up under a tight watch in Blue Mountain, Alabama. No boys, makeup, friends, or pretty dresses were allowed in their household. Nanny didn't start having a social life until she got her first job, and soon after, she married husband number one, Charlie Braggs. The two had four daughters, but because of the pressures of being a young mother and Charlie constantly cheating on her, Nanny began drinking heavily. It's at this time her two middle children mysteriously died of food poisoning. Suspecting Nanny, Charlie took Melvina and left her with the youngest child and his mother. Soon after, Charlie's mother died. Engrossed with her novels and turning to the Lonely Heart column, Nanny soon found husband number two, Robert Frank Harrelson, and though Nanny later found out he was an alcoholic and an ex-convict, their marriage lasted 16 years. During that time, her eldest daughter Malvina gave birth to Robert in 1943, and another baby daughter in 1945. It's believed that Nanny killed the newborn baby girl in the hospital, while Malvina was groggy after having a difficult birth. Meanwhile, young Robert mysteriously died from asphyxiation while under Grandma Nanny's care. When the Japanese surrendered to the Allied forces in 1945, Robert partied hard, came home drunk, and raped Nanny. In a bout of revenge, she killed him by pouring rat poison inside his corn whiskey jar, and he died later that night. Nanny found husband number three from the Lonely Hearts column again. Arlie Lanning was also an alcoholic and womanizer. Soon after, Arlie died of what was said to be heart failure. He left his house to his sister, but it soon burnt down, and the insurance money was collected by none other than Nanny. Nanny hunted for husband number four in a singles club called the Diamond Circle Club. Here she met Richard Morton, and although he wasn't a drunk, he was a womanizer and in crippling debt. He soon died from stomach pains, but not before Nanny's mother came to live with them and mysteriously died three months earlier. Husband number five came in the form of Sam Doss. Unlike all her other husbands, Sam actually cared for Nanny. However, this didn't save him. Just a few months after their marriage, Sam was hospitalized with a severe digestive tract infection. He was released from the hospital after 23 days where Nanny prepared pot roast and coffee for dinner. Later that evening, he died. Suspicious of Sam's death, the doctor ordered an autopsy and found a huge quantity of arsenic in his system, and Nanny was immediately arrested. She never showed a hint of remorse for what she had done. She was smiling for police photos and seemed to bask in the newfound limelight her killings gave her. She was tried and found guilty for the murder of Samuel Doss, and died from cancer in the Oklahoma State Penitentiary in 1965. Number 1. Catherine Knight 
the youngest of twins, Catherine was born to Barbara and her partner, Ken. Her childhood wasn't pleasant. She was molested by family members until 11 and was a loner and a bully around town. She dropped out of school at 15 without learning to properly read or write, but managed to land her dream job of cutting up and carving meat at the local slaughterhouse. Catherine was so skilled, she was soon promoted and received her own set of butcher knives, which she treasured and hung above her bed so they would always be handy. Her first husband, David Kellett, was a fellow worker who was warned by Knight's mother that if he stirred her up the wrong way, she was going to kill him. On their wedding night, Catherine strangled David because he only had sex with her three times before falling asleep. One time when David came home late, a pregnant knight hit him with a frying pan so hard in the back of the head she fractured his skull. It wasn't long before David left her for another woman, which sent Knight into a frenzy in which she tried to kill their baby by leaving her on the train tracks. After a short stint in a psychiatric ward, Catherine met a man named David Saunders, whom she left her first husband for, and the violence continued. In one altercation, Catherine actually slit the throat of David's two-month-old puppy to show him what would happen if he decided to cheat on her. After David went into hiding, fearing for his life, she moved on to John Price. Although there were fights, he once described his relationship with Knight as a bunch of roses. However, it wouldn't last. Price was separated from his first wife, but refused to divorce her and marry Catherine. She promptly set him up, making it appear as though he had stolen from the company he was working for, which got him fired. When he tried throwing her out, she stabbed him in the stomach, and he left for good. On February 29, 2000, he took out a restraining order against Knight, and he told co-workers that if he didn't report to work the next day, that Knight would have already killed him. And he was right. Knight dropped by his house that night and seduced him. When he fell asleep, she went on a stabbing frenzy. Price managed to get to the front door, but either got dragged back or stumbled back inside, and by then it was too late. He suffered a total of 37 stab wounds, both in the front and back. She took her knives and proceeded to skin his lifeless body, and then hung the skin on meat hooks in the kitchen. She then decapitated him and cooked some body parts for the family, serving it along with baked potato, zucchini, pumpkin and even gravy. Price's head was found by police stewing in a pot along with vegetables. Knight pleaded guilty after initially claiming amnesia. She was sentenced to life imprisonment with no opportunity for parole, a first for any female killer in Australia. When it occurred, the crime was purposefully suppressed and underreported because of its horrific nature. Years later, even the police officers that witnessed the scene still sought counseling, trying to forget what happened. So there were the top five most vicious and vile female killers. These women are in a league of their own. Whether they killed out of insanity or were a product coming out of their environments, playwright William Congrave may have said it best with his famous line, Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. Thanks for listening, and remember to subscribe and check out Scary Mysteries on YouTube as well for additional videos. I'll see you next week.